And so his presence is this attribute over and over and over in scripture that God uses to reassure his people. And so it's one of my favorite things that I like to remind myself of because, you know, as moms and as people who love people, I think one of my greatest fears is losing people I love. I mean, I think we all feel this. And I've had to rest in the fact that the Lord says, I will never leave you or forsake you. Like he's the only one who can actually make that promise to me. My spouse can't really make that promise. My kids can't make that promise. And I can't make that promise. But the Lord can faithfully make that promise that I'm with you always till the end of the age. Hello, friends. This is Eve Stipes, and together with my co-host, Ruth Jo Simons, let me welcome you to the Grace Lace Podcast. If you've listened for very long, you're pretty familiar with Ruth and I's voices, but today you're going to hear a third voice because we have a guest. In this special season of the podcast, we're welcoming treasured guests to share a little bit of their own stories as we celebrate the release of Pilgrim, 25 Ways God's Character Leads Us Onward, which is Ruth's newest full-color devotional. In today's episode, you'll hear from author and Bible teacher, Melissa Kruger. Melissa serves as the Vice President of Discipleship Programming for the Gospel Coalition. She's the author of multiple books, including The Envy of Eve, Walking with God in the Season of Motherhood, Growing Together, and Wherever You Go, I Want You to Know. Her husband, Mike, is the president of Reformed Theological Seminary in Charlotte, and they have three children. We are so grateful you're listening in today. Let's get started. We are so excited to sit down with Melissa today. For listeners who might not be super familiar with you or your work, can you tell us a little bit about yourself? Yeah, thanks so much for having me. Um, my name is Melissa. I live in Charlotte, North Carolina, away across the country from Ruth. <laughs> um, and I am the Vice President of Discipleship Programming for the Gospel Coalition. And I love what I get to do. Um, it involves working with a lot of women's events and planning national conferences for TGC. And it's, it's a lot of fun. And I also write and speak. Um, and that's where I get to run into Ruth a lot of places all over the country. So it's really, it's really fun that our paths get to cross at different places. Yep. And we are real life friends as in we try to squeeze in time together anytime we can. And um, you, did you mention that you're a mama to growing and grown kids? Because that's somewhere <laughs> where we're both like Important. going through different new seasons of life together while holding these ministries publicly, but we've got this private ministry going on at home too, as we're launching kids. So yes. yeah. And you're Share doing the double what I'm doing. So <laughs> I have half the number of Ruth <laughs> age season, but I'm always amazed that yeah. she's managing it with double the amount. So, <laughs> I know, right? No, no, it's always hard. Your mama heart is like, wait, I, I wanted to raise adults that I love, but now you're leaving and I love <laughs> you and I like you. <laughs> I know. Oh my gosh. I can't even well, imagine. Mine are still so little. <laughs> I know it. I mean, it, it's, it's cliche to say it passes so quickly, but it really does. And so every stage is amazing in its own way. And, um, you know, for anyone listening, I always say, Hey, Melissa and I were not doing all the things that we're doing 
back when the kids were little. So I always feel like I have to interject that because anyone who's listening is like, wait, what? You have all these kids and you're launching kids Mm -hmm. and you're the vice president of discipleship. And no, not all of these ministries were all in full bloom in a different season of life. And so a lot of what you see in Melissa's amazing books and resources came out of, I'm sure, a season where she was doing a lot of that work behind the scenes, just as I've told about my story as well. So yeah. I'm yeah. A lot of cleaning people. floors and thinking of Bible studies I wanted to work on, but you know, it's that. like when you're cleaning up the spills, you're thinking, huh, this, you needed something for your mind to go to in those <laughs> little years, which was full of a lot of mundane work. Yeah. And now, yeah, we have all this mental work we're doing, but, but those yeah. young years with the kids, it was, it was, a, it, your brain would wander to those places. And so now we get to do some of that, but, but a lot of the real work was done and the cleaning up and the, you know, absolutely the everyday. Absolutely. Yeah, man. Well, I'd love to hear a little bit more, even just me personally, but also for our listeners about your pilgrim journey overall. How did you come to faith and how has your walk with Jesus changed over time? Yeah, I, um, I was really thankful to grow up in a home where I went to church every, every Sunday. Um, it was definitely a part of our rhythm, you know, going every week. And I'm so thankful for that. I I would say though, it wasn't until I was in high school that I started understanding I wasn't just born a Christian. Yeah. I got, Mm -hmm. I kind of thought it was just Mm -hmm. something you were because that's what you did. And (laughs) I hadn't really heard in my church context, um, that I was a sinner and I needed grace. Mm. Um, And so that was this whole revolutionary thing that I started hearing about the time I was in high school, I got really involved with a ministry called FCA, the Fellowship of Christian Athletes. And, you know, I think I was one of those kids who probably walked down the aisle like 10 times just to make sure it took, (laughs) because in my church context, we never did that. Like, so Uh it was Okay, but I have to stop real quick. You just said Fellowship of Christian Athletes. I didn't know you were like, I don't mean to say I didn't know you were athletic. I just mean, that's not the context by which you and I know each other. That's all I mean. I just mean you and I do a good job of going out to eat and there's a spot day waiting for us sometime down the, but what sport did you play? Now I need to know. I actually played soccer very like competitively for a long time. Wow. Oh, the Kruger. Oh my goodness. I played soccer I and I played that. tennis. So I was a, okay. I played wow. tennis. In the- all new respect. Oh. Okay. Okay. And I played, I played soccer year round, um, and loved it actually. Um, but yeah, that's why I also love to eat. I, I, I really do the <laughs> exercising so that I can do the sport activity of eating later. So they, yeah. they work well. They I'm work just perfect. impressed because I'd never stepped foot into FCA because I was a swimmer for a very short amount of time, but not super athletic. <laughs> so. But it was a great, it was just such a great thing. And I was at a large public high school. Mm-hmm. And let me tell you, it was amazing the impact that that ministry had mm-hmm. on our high school. Mm-hmm. We prayed before every soccer match, like yeah. our team wow. did. I mean, it was kind of an amazing impact I watched mm-hmm. it have on the school. And um, so I started, I got really involved with that and um, really learned about discipleship and how to walk with the Lord and how to study the Bible for myself. And, you know, I was doing crazy things. Like at 16, I started teaching a Bible study because I didn't know any better. And who knows the terrible things I said probably (laughs) in that Bible study, but the Lord is gracious with us, right? You know, I mean, he calls us to himself and it was like, 
I had that experience of the Lord called me to himself. And I just was like, this is such good news. I have to tell other mm -hmm. people. And so I think from the moment I heard, I wanted to tell. Mm -hmm. And I would say that continued my whole journey is I'm, I'm constantly listening to the Lord through his word. And I'm wanting to tell others about what I found. You know, it's like finding treasure and giving it back to others. And so I would say that started at 14 and that's really continued, you know, to, to, all the way through. God yeah, is so yeah. faithful. I mean, because you very much do that. You are constantly mining the treasure and sharing it with others in the form of children's books and Bible studies and books for parents, which you have one coming up as well. And so just super, super grateful for all that. And, you know, Melissa, I'm thinking you're, you're like really one of our very first, if not first guest on this podcast, because we're not an interview based podcast. And this podcast series really came out of the heart and the desire that I have for just making sure that I'm telling real stories connected to this um, mm. devotional that I wrote, Pilgrim, because I really feel like God's character and these truths about who God is, we forget that they lead our journeys. So like, even though you were mm. like, yeah. just kind of sharing whatever you were learning and you were kind of young and <laughs> you don't really know for sure that everything you said was accurate, but he kept revealing his character over and over again. And his faithfulness is not dependent on your faithfulness. He just calls you closer to walk with him because he keeps revealing his character day by day over time, which is the whole goal that I had in, in even writing these. But um, we're going to get into more of that today because it's really about God's character, not just about our journeys of like, hey, how did I end up finding my way through life and serving him and honoring him? No, it's like the very things that you get to do every day that I witness. And I hope our listeners get to tap into and, and access your resources. But and, and come to Gospel Coalition Women's Conference and, you know, all these wonderful things that you're a part of. But these things come out of him saying, hey, this is who I am. I'm going to give Melissa an opportunity to step into the opportunities I've already led and gone before in in creating and in spearheading. It's not you creating those things. God's doing that because of his character, right? That leads us onward is the subtitle that I had picked for this book. And so... I love that you told that story and thanks for sharing that because I wouldn't have known that about you. So I love it. So fun. <laughs> well, one of the key features of Pilgrim is kind of working through these different characteristics or the ways that God is. And so today we're going to talk a little bit about the omnipresence of God. Ruth, why don't you kick us off? Why did that feel like an important kind of doctrine or idea to even talk about when we talk about Pilgrim journeys? Yeah. Well, I think that a lot of times, one of my goals for the book was that I wanted devotionals that helped us feel like, hey, this is not so intimidating to talk about theology or talk about God's right. attributes. Like, I mean, when you use a word that starts with omni, it's like you suddenly feel like this is a <laughs> long word. I get my omnis confused and which one is this? And I think for a lot of, um, I'll just speak for a lot of women who are busy trying to maintain careers or managing their homes or just trying to like figure out how to make the most of their days. A lot of times we just feel too busy or maybe too distracted even on social media to like really sit with why does God's character matter? Like, what is it that really, mm. why are these words important? So if you're not going to seminary, if you go to seminary, maybe you'll encounter these words. If you go to a major Bible study that teaches you these words, but in our everyday lives, it actually does matter who God is because when you and I are facing questions of like, 
what what do I do next? Or Hmm. does God really care that I live in a town where I feel like I don't have community? Or I am feeling alone in this particular season of my life. I don't have a lot of friends. How does God's omnipresence actually matter in all the different seasons of our lives when you're a stay-at-home mom and you're just changing diapers all the time and you're not going out with friends and you're not going on trips all over the world? What? Why does that matter? And my goal is to say, hey, ladies, whether you consider yourself a theologian or not, we're all called to understand and know the grace of God and know the character of God. And no better person than Melissa to come and share even a story in her own life of why God's omnipresence matters because, and maybe the best way to start is to have her (laughs) explain what that even means, (laughs) right? If we're going to talk about omnipresence, it's a big word for anyone who's not familiar with it and didn't, you know, encounter it in Sunday school or something. Go ahead, Melissa, you do the hard work of sharing what it means. (laughs) Well, this one's a little bit easier. I think of all the omnis because it has the nice word presence in there. Okay, (laughs) I can can maybe suss this one out. You know, I do like, that's what I I get the other ones confused all the time. And I do like to tell people, you know, theological language is just that. It's a language, Mm. so it can feel intimidating if you don't know it. But the concepts are normally really simple and you can Mm. understand them. And so yeah. it's just learning the language. And so omnipresence just means that God is everywhere. I mean, and this is, we used to teach our um, kids the catechism. And this was one of the questions, where is God? And I remember I said, God is everywhere. Yes. And um, it, it's, you know, he was two. So a two-year-old uh-huh. can learn this. Yes. But it's something I think we often forget, um, that mm-hmm. God is everywhere. And, you know, I think when I look at scripture, it's interesting how much God answers fearful situations, not by mm-hmm. saying it's not fearful, but by mm-hmm. saying, you're not, I am with you. It's, yeah. it's, the, it's yeah. the thing that often accompanies a fearful situation. He's like, hey, yes. you don't have to worry. I know there are giants in the land. Yeah. Don't fear. I'm with you. Yeah. You know, I, David, don't fear. I know, I know Saul's doing all this stuff. Don't fear. Because why? Because I'm with you. I hold mm-hmm. you by my right hand. And so his presence is this attribute over and over and over in scripture that God uses to reassure his people. And so it's one of my favorite things that I like to remind myself of because, you know, as moms and as people who love people, I think one of my greatest fears is losing people I love. Mm, I mean, I think we all feel this. And I've had to rest in the fact that the Lord says, I will never leave you or forsake you. Like he's the only one who can actually make that promise to me. My spouse can't really make that promise. My kids can't make that promise. And I can't make that promise. But the Lord can faithfully make that promise that I'm with you always till the end of the age. And so good, Melissa, that just to reiterate again, that he doesn't all, God doesn't always answer our fears by taking us out of the circumstance or out of the situation or fixing the situation, but he gives us his presence instead. Mm. I think that is such a word for us. And I mean, I don't want to put you on the spot, but can you think of a situation (laughs) or a time in your life, either recently or a long time past where he didn't take you out of a fearful situation and gave you the comfort of his omnipresence instead? Like, where did you see that Mm. active in your life? 
I think the first time I really started focusing on this was actually when we moved overseas and, and look, mm -hmm. we moved overseas to Scotland. And when the people tell me that they are not crying for me, they're like, you lived in Edinburgh <laughs> and you're saying that was hard. I get it. No, I I've totally... been there. I've been there. It's besides the rain. It's otherwise it's just gorgeous. Yes. So you go visit. Most people go in the summer when it's like sunlight till 11. What they miss Beautiful. is that in January. In January, the sun sets at like three. It's cold and oh. rainy every day. And, and we lived yeah. there pre-internet. Pre like I was doing mm -hmm. like AOL downloads. You know, this is amazing <laughs> this yeah. to get flash sessions, you know. So it was really hard. <laughs> to stay in contact with people. I had my first baby overseas and, you know, oh. it, it didn't have, like, I went to the hospital and we literally couldn't even call my parents until she was born because we had to use like a calling card at the hospital. Super complicated. You know, oh we, we forget how complicated life used to be, but, um, it, so it was this assurance that, you know, I'm mm. far away. I can't even really contact people I love much, but the Lord is with me in this and that he is guiding me and that this isn't in vain, mm. um, that he's working. It, so it's not just that he's present. And, and this is another one which we won't get into. He's actually powerful with his presence in my life. Yes, so yeah, all, right. of the, all of the characteristics of God clearly are sure. always working Connected. together. Always yeah, together. His, yeah, his presence means it's never in vain what I was going yeah. through, you know, I felt alone. I felt so secluded from everyone else in my life that I loved and cared about and was doing this motherhood thing completely by myself and had <laughs> no idea what I was doing. But to hear the Lord knowing he was with me, he, yeah, he yeah. was there and present, it, it made a huge difference. And to think that he actually left the presence of heaven mm -hmm. to come to earth. Like I had left, you know, people I loved to go to this foreign land and it was hard and it, you know, and I didn't want to do it, but it, it gave me this thing. Oh, the Lord left heaven mm -hmm. to yeah. come to earth for me, but he did it to rescue me. You know? So I, I, I realized, Oh, the, the Lord gave up so he could be with us. And can I trust him when he asked me to go so that we can, you know, it was, for Mike's PhD and my husband's work and all mm. those things. And so could I trust him with that? But mm, his yeah, presence was, right. made, was such a comfort, was such a comfort. If you followed me or Grace Lace for very long, you know we're big fans of preaching truth to ourselves because what we say to ourselves about who God is and who we are is what we'll end up believing. Choosing to rehearse truth is the difference between seeing our situations as hopeless or hopeful. What better words to plant into our hearts and minds than the very Word of God? What would it look like for you and me to memorize God's Word? You might be thinking, wait, I'm no good at memorizing Scripture. And that's exactly why I want to tell you about Dwell Differently. Dwell is a company that helps you memorize one Bible verse each month. One verse becomes two verses, becomes three verses, and the next thing you know, you have a whole arsenal of verses stored up in your heart and mind. Words to combat your anxious thoughts in the middle of the night, words to speak to your friends who's struggling, words that transform your life. God's own words for you. Dwell is a monthly membership of scripture designed to help you and your family easily memorize God's word. Members receive a kit in their mailbox with temporary tattoos or stickers, a keychain, and a print featuring a unique way to memorize the verse. 
Learn more at dwelldifferently.com and use the code GRACELACED for your first month free. Ruth, what about you? Is there a time that you can think back to that you really feel like you experienced God's omnipresence? You know, I think I was just looking out my window right now, and I live in Western Colorado, and I know that a lot of what I see in Colorado makes it easy for me to sense the presence of God and to feel like, wow, he Mm -hmm. is in the work of his hands all through creation. And I thought, you know, the truth is, I, you have to know who he is through the word of God before you can really understand who you're, who you're sensing the, looking for. because God's presence, <laughs> yeah. right. Could be misunderstood as like this feeling you have, right. Do we only mm. have God's presence when we're singing a worship song and there's fog machines and nice lights and the lights <laughs> are low, you know, like, is that called the presence right. of God or can you sit in a dorm room? you know, in the middle of a town that you don't know well because you're a new college student and you still know God's presence because you know who he is and you cry out to him and he overwhelms you with a sense of peace that he loves you and you're his child. Absolutely. But you have to go to his word and know that this is who he is. He wants, he, he wants to shelter you and he wants you to be with him, not just to know about him, but to know him. Right. And so I think about all the times that we've, um, not just moved in my adult life, but I, I relate to what Melissa is saying is be, because I, I was also like raising kids pre um, mm-hmm. the internet. It's not like I was logging <laughs> in every day, checking what everybody's talking about. There was no online community when I was first a young mama. And so when I say that there are really isolating times when you're doing the dishes and maybe mm-hmm. you're even listening to this podcast right now and you're doing the dishes and you're like, <laughs> I really haven't had a conversation with somebody other than a toddler today. And if that's (laughs) you, I I think the reminder is you don't have to look out the window and immediately say, wow, look at God's creation. I feel the presence of God. You can also just do as the psalmist does and truly just speak out and say, Lord, I, I recall and remember what you've done in my life. And I know what your word says, help me feel and know in my heart what sometimes doesn't feel actively like your presence when I'm doing the dishes and when I'm in the mundane, you know? And so I really met him there in the middle of bath times or a a Mm -hmm. nighttime routine that was hard because that season of my life where I was raising young children and it was difficult, that was a good decade long, if not more season of chaos. And um, (laughs) I think God taught me a lot about his presence in a time when I wasn't you know, hopping on a plane. I wasn't using my giftings the way I get to now. Nobody got to see the labors of my hands every single day. Like I was Mm -hmm. working behind the scenes and his presence in those obscure and slightly like unappreciated moments of my life that reminded me that I belong to God and that he sees and he knows and that he is constantly with me, um, Mm. took what I was reading in my Bible and, I was able to talk to him about, Hey Lord, could you help me feel the very things that I'm reading? And he was so faithful to help me even emotionally resonate and understand what it means to be in his presence always, even when Mm. it didn't physically feel like it, you know? Yeah. It's interesting. I think that this characteristic too is one that when I look back on my life, I can see sometimes even more clearly, like, oh, God was Mm -hmm. so present with me in that situation or in that moment. 
And that helps me remember for today if it doesn't feel like it, like, okay, but he is, and I know he is. So it's just, I think looking back and seeing his character helps me know that character in the present day too. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I like that. I do think sometimes it's in retrospect that you Mm -hmm. you look back and say, oh, this is what the Lord was doing. And Mm -hmm. he was with me, even though I couldn't see it. Sorry, Ruth. Yeah. No, Melissa, I was going to just ask you. For a practical tip, if you can come up with one, or I'm sure you can just think through (laughs) your rhythms because none of us feel like God is with us all the time. Like we don't always feel that way, which is why the retrospect, the looking back makes us realize, oh, I felt so alone, but he was always with me. And when he says he'll never leave us, like that's actually what he's doing. But in the moment, sometimes we want something that feels so tangible, right? And which is why I think it's really easy for us. I mean, I'm just confessing myself that it's really easy to turn to things like a bag of chips or a trip to the mall (laughs) or um, even hopping on social media and numbing my brain to death. It's really easy to turn to things that feel more like I'm not alone or feel comforting Mm -hmm. rather than turn to God. And so rather than the three of us chatting about this, like, it's really easy. Can we just throw out a few (laughs) tips on what do we do when we feel, when we have a hard time trusting the omnipresence of God. What do we do? What are, mm-hmm. what is a good way to respond? And what is a practical tip tip? What is a practical tip that we can like say, okay, the next time I don't feel this way, this is one mm-hmm. thing I can do to get, get yeah. going in the right direction towards truth. Yeah. You know, Ruth, I hadn't even thought about it till you asked this question, but a lot of the research I just did on teenagers it, it is talking about, we have a loneliness epidemic in this country, For like, sure. the, like mm-hmm. the number of teens. And I, I'm assuming it's not just teens, yeah. the number yeah. probably of women who feel isolated and alone, I think has shot up and we saw it in COVID. Mm-hmm. I mean, we saw it during, sure. during that, but I, I actually think it's the problem of our phones mm-hmm. and I think you're 100% right. I think we turn to them for community. And the the research I looked into, it said basically every screen activity was was related to um, unhappiness and loneliness. Every Mm -hmm. non-screen activity was related to a better sense of belonging and a better sense Mm -hmm. of being present even in your own life. And so I honestly think what you said, you know, about being in nature, really Mm -hmm. matters. I mean, Psalm 19 Mm -hmm. tells us the heavens declare the glory of God, you know, day after day, they pour forth speech night after night, they pour forth knowledge. And yeah, that, that Psalm turns in just a minute. And it says the law of the Lord is perfect, reviving the heart. Mm -hmm. So it it goes from general revelation to specific revelation, this beautiful way. But I think there's something about getting outside Mm -hmm. and watching, you know, gardens grow and watching seeds. (laughs) Pass. I've been looking, I, I garden, you know, and so it's on my mind a lot, yes. but there's something that I see of God's presence in nature because it's speaking what the revealed, what the word says in, in yeah. actuality, nature concurs. It's like yes. singing a song of everything that's in the scriptures. Mm-hmm. And so by being in nature, we're reminded that mm-hmm. this did all just happen. The stars are too beautiful. Mm -hmm. That sunset's too gorgeous. This can't all be an accident, right? There's got to be something more. And so I do think 
we, we, we tend to turn to the wrong places for belonging. And so we have the beauty of God's created world, but I also think we have the beauty of the church and being in the presence of God's people can remind mm -hmm. us that God is with us. And there's something, yeah. you know, and, and that connection can happen a lot of ways. Like Ruth and I'll get on Voxer. It's a walkie talkie app that we'll <laughs> chat on. And you feel when, when I hear her, her reminding me of truth about God, and, mm. you know, cause I've honestly said, Hey, I'm doubting today, friend. Can you help mm. me? And when she speaks back to me, Hey, you know, this, this truth, whatever it may be about whatever we're talking about, it's a reminder. God's with us. And so he does that yeah. through his people. He does that yeah. through his world. He's created. Um, I think we often turn to things that are kind of like spiritual junk food that Absolutely. don't, yeah. don't really satisfy us, but there's really good fulfilling things in his world and in his people that we can turn to yeah. when we just don't feel it ourselves. I don't know. What do y'all turn to? That was a good question. What about you, Eve? What do you do? I mean, you know me, I'm a big fan of praying scripture when I just can't get my head around what's going on or I, I don't mm -hmm. feel what I know is true. And so, yeah, I think I would go to those passages like where God says he's with us. He will never forsake us. He'll uphold us with his right hand his presence being with me. I just need to say them out loud, not just mm -hmm. read them, but like verbally say them out loud, reading yeah. that scripture and using it as like, God, this is my prayer. I believe that this is true, but I don't feel like it. And I need your help to remember. I think that's my, yeah. my go-to. Yeah. What about I you, Ruth? That. I think turning off my phone is my number one thing that I have to do because yeah. what Melissa said is so true for me, because I think I, if you ask, if you look at my life and this is just being super honest, if you look at my life and look at what I turn to for work and for connection mm -hmm. and lots of things, it would seem that my phone is omnipresent, right? It is like, that is the one companion, like my Ouch. phone. <laughs> I always know where my phone is. I mean, yeah. I don't even think I really need a case on my phone because it's so well protected. <laughs> I mean, I, I, baby that thing. And I keep it. I always know where that phone is. And that phone always knows where I am. Like it's, it's because it <laughs> holds the key to my bank account and my logins and knows where mm -hmm. my kids are and knows everything mm -hmm. that's happening with my business and my friends and my family. And mm -hmm. I'm not saying that it's not a good tool. I'm just saying that right. I forget that God's presence is actually what really goes with me not this device that holds my life together. So for me, I need physical reminders that it's not that my life will be held safely if I know exactly where that phone is. It's that I need to turn it off enough. And this weekend, I just got back from being out of cell service for three days. It's a little funny when your party is split up and somebody has the keys, but you don't have cell service. So you don't actually know who's got the keys. So, so there are inconveniences when you don't have right. cell service, right? I'm not saying boo to Wi-Fi and cell service. I'm just saying when you actually turn off the thing that you are so reliant on that you think is omnipresent in your life and mm -hmm. really sit in that discomfort with the Lord, where you are just sitting in a quiet spot, turn everything off. That's when I actually get real honest. I think that's when, yeah. and that's even, um, I think the last time I called either of you, but I know for sure, I, I mean, I for sure call both of you when I'm in really down times, but the last time I had a really honest conversation on Voxer with Melissa about what I was going through, I think I had already had this time with the Lord where I realized like, mm. okay, before yeah. I even talk to my friends, I got to just say, I am not healthy. I am not well right now. 
I am yeah. hurting deeply in a way that nobody, I don't feel like anybody understands. So Lord, I have to really talk to you about this and I need to shut everything off so that I can actually be a little honest here and have this com- <laughs> communication with you. Otherwise it feels like there's an endless supply of other people, resources, distractions that can fill in. So I would just say on a practical level, um, whether I take a walk outside or not, and that always helps. I always say, you know, we all have access to a yeah. sunrise and a sunset wherever you live. But, um, but I think Thank goodness. I have to physically limit, I have to physically limit what I think is omnipresent and what's holding my life together and like re-acknowledge Colossians one seventeen, like re acknowledge that it is God <laughs> who holds all things together. He is yeah. the one who is ever present in my life. And for me to rely on him again, you know, over and oh, over. And it's a daily yeah. thing. Um, Melissa in all of the chapters in Pilgrim, I actually pair it. I think you probably know this about me, but I love hymns and I pair each, um, either doctrine or attribute of God, each of these truths, I pair it with a hymn that has always kind of helped me remember these truths. And this particular one about God's, um, omnipresence actually went with the hymn abide with me. And, you know, this is the one. One of the lyrics in it is abide with me, fast falls the eventide, the darkness deepens, Lord with me abide. When other helpers fail and comforts flee, like cell phones and distractions <laughs> and all the things that we turn to, help of the helpless, we're talking about God, oh, abide with me. Um, I don't know if it's this one, but do you have a hymn that reminds you regularly that God is with you? Like, what do you turn to? I mean, it could be a modern hymn too. I actually have two of the Gettys hymns in here as well, but I mean, what do you sing and what do you remind yourself with? Because I think that's what the psalmist did, right? He just like reminded himself with songs and with reminders that were quick on his lips that God is faithful. Mm -hmm. God is the trustworthy one. Yeah. I think of singing hymns as singing truth to my soul. Yeah, And there's something about singing it that makes me believe it again in Mm -hmm. a new and way i don't know it's amazing what it does one of one song i love do y'all know in the secret of his presence um sandra mccracken sang it it's yes it's, it's yes. in the secret of his presence how my soul i love that one. Oh, how mm, precious are the lessons which i learn at jesus side oh that's Earthly so good yes forever vex me while they raise while my trials lay me low but when satan comes to tempt me to that secret place i go to the secret place i go oh, and we'll uh, link that we'll leave link that in the yeah, show notes but, oh that. my goodness that's a good one i've always loved that it's beautiful and it's this it, it there is this hidden presence with the lord you know mm-hmm. that is so intimate Um, when we're walking with him. And I think it gets back to what you were saying, Ruth. There are certain things only he can understand. We, yeah, we are blessed by the community of others, but everyone's pilgrimage is unique. Mm -hmm. And there are, there are things on our journeys that only the Lord knows. We can't share everything with everyone. Um, And there are painful places, but Mm. I I love this notion of in the secret of his presence, my soul Mm. delights to hide and that there's this hidden refuge that we can go Mm. to of someone who completely understands. That's such a gift, right? It's like when you tell your story, sometimes you're like, do they really understand what I'm saying? (laughs) Yeah. And that can, sometimes you can leave sharing and feel actually more alone. I don't Mm. know if you've ever. I have felt felt that. Yeah, totally. Yeah. yeah. And, and to know, Hey, I can go and just pour it all out to the Lord. I mm. often journal and that is kind of like this letter. I, yeah, I just, 
write it all out and get it all out. Yeah. And there's something that happens that's mysterious and spiritual, like the, the, the work of the mm -hmm. Holy Spirit in our lives to make us feel that safety and know he is with me. I mean, it really is the work of the spirit in our lives to, to do that. And it's, it's, it's such a gift. I think, I think when you've walked with the Lord a, a long time, you almost forget it that, that there, I mean, yeah. I think about how lonely it must be to be alone and not know the Lord, like the deep seated loneliness of that. Yeah. Um, and what a gift we have of knowing, oh, the spirit dwells in me. Mm, and yes, this is why Jesus yeah. says, better that I go away because the spirit's going to be with you and he's going to dwell in you and you'll never be alone. Um, mm, and what a so grace. Good. And that's, do. and that's the goal of even this conversation today is that anyone who might be listening, wondering, gosh, am I just supposed to like sign up for a six week course that helps me figure out how to live my best life? Or what <laughs> is it that's going to make me make sure that I don't waste this? And what's my purpose? And we're all wanting to be seen, known and loved. And Melissa, you said it earlier, like we turn to the wrong things for belonging. And so my prayer and our prayer here is that if you're listening in and you feel a little alone on your pilgrim journey, mm -hmm. that you remember that your creator, God created you on purpose and for a purpose, and he's never left your side and that you, he yeah. is available and ready and willing for you to turn and literally just draw near, even without cleaning yourself up and say, Lord, I need your yeah. presence and I need to know your presence. And if you are not yet in Christ, he is your only true savior. He is the only mm -hmm. one you can actually rely on and walk with. And so, yeah, my prayer is that we would, regardless of where our pilgrim journeys take us, that we would find comfort and true sustenance in the character of God and know that um, every step we take, whether it's the next, you know, year of our lives, if we get one year or we get 30, 40 more, whatever he gives yeah. us, that those days will be lived in and walked thoroughly with him and um, recognizing that everything we need for life and godliness is found in Christ. Well, we would love to hear a little bit about what projects you are currently working on right now, That pe where people can find you, the best way to connect. Yeah. Um, the project I was talking a little bit about in this with the loneliness is actually a book on parenting teens. Um, so it's called Parenting, Parenting with Hope raising teens for Christ in a secular mm -hmm. age. Um, and that has been one of the toughest projects. Ruth and I have talked about it um, over, over a long dinner um, with some napkin <laughs> conversations. Um, but that that will come out actually next in April of 2024. Um, and then just work at TGC. You know, we have conferences coming up. Um, we have a fall conference, which is on um, basically pil pilgrimage. We're going to be studying Exodus. Mm -hmm. um, and so this book is an amazing, um, you know, it just goes amazingly well mm -hmm. with the yeah. whole conference. So uh, it's kind of beautiful how that the Lord did that and mm -hmm. how, how it worked out. Um, and yeah, if you want to find any of our resources, normally I'm at TGC writing. That's the place I'm writing the most um, is over there at a place called Wits End, which <laughs> is how I often feel is at my Wits End. It's <laughs> so a good place that, to be, to rely on so, the Lord. So thank that's you. That's where I am. <laughs> well, thank you for all the work that you do, friend, truly. Um, and if you don't know of Melissa's incredible children's books and Bible studies and book resources and this new one on parenting teens, um, make sure you, um, yeah, look those things up and 
I don't know when, when is your book coming out? The, t- the teen book? In April, April, okay. 2020. So it'll be ready for pre-order by the time this yeah. airs. So yeah, good. Thank you friends so much for joining us today. Oh, thanks for having me. This is so fun. Thank you so much for tuning in to today's episode. We hope it's been an encouragement to your soul, regardless of where your pilgrim journey finds you today. If you find this podcast enjoyable, we would be so honored if you would take a minute to rate the show and leave a review on whatever platform you'd use to listen. And if you haven't already, pre-order a copy of Pilgrim from your favorite book retailer. Learn more at pilgrimbook.com.